Yeah, and it's it's not the hardcore. Are you saved, brother? Here's mm-hmm. your sausage. You know. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host Dennis, and I'm your other co-host Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, good, Robert. We've got us uh, lined up as another great guest, I see. Like, you know, I always try to book these guys about six, seven months in advance. So I know you do. Um, you must have it's, uh, booked their next guest that long because he seems like a very, very busy man. Well, no kidding. I was going over his bio, preparing uh, an introduction for our guest. And it was like, how can one man do so much? And still have a full-time job. Still have a full-time job. Uh, still have a full-time family. And... Uh, to be out working, I would say more than full-time, working in the vineyard of the Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we'll uh, get to him shortly, I hope, so we can introduce him. Yeah, and I hope he's uh, doing okay. I mean, we've been blessed for the last uh, couple of weeks here in southern Ontario with summer-like weather. I think we hit 20 20 degrees today, I believe. Did we not? We hit 20 degrees today. Last Mm -hmm. week, on the weekend, we hit 26, 27 degrees. 26, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a new record high where our guest today, out where he is, I have a friend that I think lives on the other side of Calgary from where our guest is from. So do I, yeah. And uh, he was sending pictures. uh, Don't tell me snow. Not just snow, but what was left of the front end of his pickup truck after he'd spun out on the highway the other day. So if those guys are blowing hard enough, they're going to blow that stuff west into our direction and it'll be here before you know it. Hopefully not for a month or so. God willing, I mean, God willing, but uh, getting the snow tires put on the car uh, in in the next day or two. I've got them on ready to go. There we go. So speaking of ready to go, I guess we should introduce our guest. He's sitting there waiting patiently. Uh, and I know you're waiting impatiently to be able to get to Grace Before Beers there, Dennis. So I am. Our guest today is a 33-year veteran of the Calgary Police Service. Sean Lynn is not only a husband and a father of eight children, but is also blessed with 14 grandchildren. It was from his vocation as a father, grandfather, and a police officer working with at-risk youth and now in the high schools that Sean saw the need to foster authentic manhood in our culture, and thus the God Squad Men's Ministry was conceived. Recently, Sean was invited to join the board of directors of the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance with the task of encouraging and growing Catholic men's ministry across Canada. Finally, I say finally, I'm not even getting half of the the stuff that that Sean does, but Sean is also the host of A Dram with Friends, where he weekly invites a friend into the pub, which is conveniently located in his basement, I might add, to chat about faith family, food, and fun over a dram. I almost said a pint there, but over a dram of whiskey. Married 38 years today. So what this gentleman is doing, celebrating his 38th wedding anniversary with two guys like us, I have no idea. But you know, congratulations, happy anniversary. And Sean, 
Welcome to our very own pub here at the Pines and Pews podcast. Thank you for the invitation. This is uh, awesome. And I too, like Dennis, am waiting patiently to crack the beer it's 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 so it's so weird for our listeners because usually if if when you listen to uh sean's podcast you can see him too because that's on video and he's always got a, a bottle of whiskey beside him it's so odd to see a can of beer beside him today tonight on the show so that's uh we better open them soon robert yeah and just before we get to that, i was gonna say only once have we had a whiskey on the show because last year at our, our year end at around Christmas, Dennis, you wanted to do something other than than the pints. You had an eggnog and rum, and I had a whiskey. And Sean, you might know That's of right. this whiskey. It was the Alberta Premium Cask Aged Rye mm-hmm. Whiskey, which I think comes from in and around your area. Yeah, it's a, it's a local whiskey from here in Calgary. So it. I might have a bottle over on the shelf there. Yeah. And my understanding was last year it was voted the best whiskey in the world. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, actually, I don't have a bottle of that. That was at my son-in-law's and it, uh, it got finished. So, but yes, it was voted a uh, year and a half ago, best whiskey in the world. So you finished your bottle. I've only had a dram out of mine because I'm just not a whiskey drinker, but uh, my, my well, friend in Calgary give, sent it out. So You haven't even given me a half a dram of that, Robert, but we'll talk about that later. Well, you make your way up here one day, sir, and yes. you can have half a dram. Up, so. up to the port. So, But all of this chit-chat, yeah, getting the guys thirsty. So, Sean, instead of a dram, what do you have with, to share with us today? Well, I I was going to look for like an innocent gun kind of play off mm. the beer aged in a whiskey, uh, but I there's so much to choose from in Alberta these days. Mm-hmm. The microbreweries are are huge, uh, and I saw this eighty eight Good Morning Vietnamese Coffee Stout now. I started my career working with the Vietnamese community out in Forest Lawn and Pembroke, and I drank myself a lot of Vietnamese coffee. So I thought, I'll give this a try. That's cool. You know, I, nice. I really enjoy the coffee stats whenever I've had one. And again, just from the pictures I've seen out there on social media and in the news, um, you guys are definitely into stout drinking kind of weather out there. Yeah, although it, it warmed up today, it was like minus two on the way home. It was minus 20 on the way to work this morning. Uh, so, yeah, the temperatures can swing quite dramatically out here. It's been it's been quite cold and, and the snow and, yeah. I knew there was a reason why we didn't move out to Calgary, Robert. That's just a little too cold, isn't it? At this time, it, early November, it seems That's, a little bit yeah, chilly. A little too early to get that chilled. I know they've got posters up all over uh, downtown Toronto trying to entice people to move out to Alberta. That's right. Yeah, but radio... Yeah, Radio ads too. You you see that weather f- formations out there, and it's kind of like, yeah, maybe not sure. Another good friend of ours, uh, the Catholic Canuck, is uh, up just outside of Edmonton, and I'm sure that uh, he can share similar kind of stories to that. Well, as well, he he probably doesn't get the Chinooks that we he do here in Shooks. Calgary, whereas right. it, I we can hit that 20 Celsius in January and February when you guys are deep freezing yeah freezing. you're right john good point oh so we yeah but how long it just lasts a couple of days and then it moves out again or? it it depends there's okay. it comes and goes uh that's that's why they say if you don't like the weather in calgary wait five minutes and uh it could change e- even going down to the church from my house it can change like five to seven degrees in temperature 
Wow. Well, and that's kind of like the Incredible. difference, Dennis, between you and I, because we've got those ridges between us. And uh, that's right. I, I can I'm have right three feet lake. of snow up yep. here and you've got nothing. So, and I got a little moderation from the lake. Yep. And Dennis, what are you drinking today? I've got a Hofbrau, Munich Hofbrau original. Thought I'd go with a nice German lager tonight, Robert. So, and yourself, yeah. sir. In Munich, I love the way you speak German. Yeah, no, in Munich, everything goes through the Hofbrau House. That's uh, is that the big? That's, it's, it's, that's the big beer hall right in downtown Munich. Oh, cool. Uh, I think I managed to make my way in there once. I was probably lost for about five days and got back that, out the other side. That's a massive house, isn't it? It, it is a massive, massive beer hall. And if ever you're in the, the Munich area, it is a tourist destination now. There's a lot better beer halls, but that's the one. It's right downtown, right on the main square of Munich. And it is uh, it is a sight to behold. And I think you're yeah, going to enjoy that. Like a sight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now, for myself, today is a special day. Not just is it our guest's wedding anniversary and his wife's waiting patiently for him to return again. This is, I'm just like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? But that's beside the point. Uh, special day. It's uh, Sean Lynn's anniversary. It is the Feast of St. Leo the Great, which is my former parish. That's right. Yeah. But as November the 10th, it's also the evening before what we here in Canada call Remembrance Day, right? And across Europe, you know, Armistice Day. Mm -hmm. And I found this neat one at the, the local liquor store here from the Whitewater Brewing Company uh, out of the Ottawa Valley. I've got myself a Legion lager. Nice. So it's a, a lager that they've brewed special for the Royal Canadian Legion. And you got a poppy on the can. And there's a poppy on the can. Excellent. Right. It's very cool. So yeah. I thought for today, needed to, to have that um, in a special way in remembrance uh, of all of the, the young men and women who put their lives on the line uh, so that we can live in this great country that, that we call Canada and that we call home. The great sacrifices, so, yeah, of our definitely keep them sure. keep them in our prayers. So, gentlemen, why don't we uh, open up and give a pour here and take a look at the colors of our our beers? Hopefully, I don't spill this all over like I'm I'm apt to do from time to time. But yeah, no, that's looking like a lager should. Yep, nice crisp yellow. Oh, that's looking sharp. There's a nice stout. They're like dark color. Yeah, yep. the, the, the coffee color, stout is looking really, really good really there, nice. Mr. Lynn. And then we'll have to get to Grace Before Beer so we can take our, our first sip. In the name of the Father, and Father, of the Son, and, the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. cheers. Robert, cheers, Sean. We've got the same color here, Robert. Oh, oh my. Mm. How's that, no, Sean? Good? That is, that is some good, good tasting beer. Nice. It's going to be worth the drive out to Calgary one day to, to try that. Oh. I, I really enjoy the coffee stouts, especially in the winter. So I was talking, 
I went into the liquor store to buy and I was talking to one of the, they were giving samples out of one of the local breweries and we've got a district in our industrial area that probably have, you could probably go to 10 different breweries within a couple mile block. And, and I don't know exactly where this one is, says Calgary, but uh, 88 was the, the year we hosted the Olympics. So that's right. I'm still stuck on the sample part. So that's what we need here over samples. When we go to the liquor store, like that would make sense. So you can try these and then, you know, end up buying some. I've seen that once in a while where there is somebody from a particular brewery or from a particular distillery trying to sell their wares as you walk in, but you know, and yeah, a sample is the size of a thimble. It's a dram of beer. Yeah, it, it, you know, if you're if you're he was, lucky, he was a little more generous than that to, here in Calgary because oh. we're very hospitable here in Calgary. They are very hospitable. Yeah, Westerners, and, we're, of and we're a little wound up here in Southern Ontario. <laughs> <A little> so, <laughs> <tight>. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of drams, we'll get that to a minute. What one eighth of an ounce seems a little bit, a little bit small, a little bit. Like why one eighth? We got to talk about that for a second. We know well, Sean. You I, I didn't invent friends. the measurement. So. No, no. But how do you how do you actually get a one eighth? That must be impossible to pour because by the well, time you actually touches the bottom of your shot glass, it's obviously it's going to evaporate. It, yeah. It, and a dram was a term used. Like I'm going to the pub for a dram, dear. I'll be home. And uh, I think it it's grown into a larger quantity. Uh, as I joke that uh, I keep trying to get that little in a glass and uh, I'm it still practicing. Well, we've watched a couple of your shows and it definitely looked like a little bit more than a dram in your glass. Sean, say, so. my, yeah, my, my dad used to pour himself a dram, if you want to put that in air yeah. quotes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and there's a few sips of that whiskey, so it's got to be much more than a dram. Anyhow, this is where and the part of the show where we get out of the way, myself and Robert, Don, and we ask you to take us back as far as you want in terms of your journey, your journey. You know, you can go back as far as maybe your family getting to Calgary or just as you grew up in terms of your Catholic faith. So wherever you want to start is fine by us. Well, and uh, Robert talked about uh, Remembrance Day being tomorrow and it flashed back to uh, my great-grandfather fought and was killed in world war one uh he and that my grandma was in lethbridge where my dad grew up and uh he left behind six six uh children single single mom and in that era there wasn't a social service network so you 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 think of of the hardship that they probably went through and we had a big memorial for the hundredth anniversary of his death here a, a few years ago as a family and came together and which was kind of very neat. And then my granddad fought world war two as well. So he then came back and was manager of Canada manpower in Lethbridge. And then, and my dad ended up being a police officer here in Calgary, moved up here and, four kids i'm the oldest and then i uh met my wife uh, a while ago and was married 38 years ago today and yes uh it is our anniversary i did take her for a nice 
holiday just a couple weeks ago prior down to we have a daughter in in the Atlanta area so we went and spent some time at Hilton Head alone well with some friends and had some nice quiet relaxing time and I I made sure she had some nice meals there and we're going up to Edmonton next weekend for her birthday so we'll we'll go do a nice supper then uh I'm uh Gonna and be... Leth- Lethbridge is how far from Calgary? Uh it's it's about just over two hours south of Calgary towards okay. the US border. Uh so you've a... been in the Alberta province for well, probably since Alberta became part of Canada over a hundred years ago. You've probably been out there that long, I guess. Not not you personally, Sean. He's not <laughs> saying that you've been part of Alberta for over a yeah, hundred years. I, I, there's but still the, the, some the, the black family. in my uh, hair there, uh just highlights but yeah no our family uh not so much on my well my grandma's side for sure uh and my granddad he came over from glasgow and then uh my my grandpa on my mom's side grew up was born down in del Benita, like uh my my mom's side of the family my grandma uh came up her grandfather came up on the wagon train from utah and oh, wow. and they were mormons and they're they're the hartston is is the first mormon temple outside of the u.s and it's been there for a long time so yeah we long roots here in calgary and yeah alberta most and myself and robert can speak to this a lot of calgarians are transplants from from out east including a couple of our friends so uh when you grew up did you grow up in a catholic family Sure. I did. We were the typical Irish Catholic family back in the day. Uh, I've got an uncle that was a priest and uh, my dad was the police officer. And so, yeah, your typical Irish, Irish cop on Cat- the beat. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now you said Glasgow, though. So what was the Irish connection? Was there the Irish so there, there's a then... section in in Ireland in Glasgow called Parkeed. You've heard of the 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 Celtics right. football team, so that's very much the Irish Catholic, right, right. Component. And the Rangers, the Protestant, the yeah, ra- so... yeah, the ra- Rangers Celtics rivalry for uh, soccer in Canada, football mm-hmm. there, and uh, so it sounds yeah. like they would have made their way to. Glasgow, maybe after the famine or something like that, sometime where they had to get yeah, out of Ireland. And, and we're them. we're trying to sort that. This is, right. is a lot of fun. Uh, like I know we, my granddad and his brother both went to Ireland for uh, as uniformed officers with Michael Collins <laughs> uh, after he signed the treaty. Uh, his his brother was killed like weeks. Uh, from when Michael Collins was killed, and I forget exactly whether it was weeks before or after, on his way to church in Ireland. So uh, he's he's in, I think it's Glen, uh, in Dublin there, uh, d- buried there near oh. Michael Collins. Okay, yeah, because we could talk about that forever. Because I've been back. My both my parents were born in Ireland, and I've been back to the spot almost where Michael Collins was killed down in Cork because I've got family near there and stuff. So that that's for another podcast for sure. Well, yeah, no, that, that would be very interesting to go through yeah. kind of them, those, those Irish Catholic roots that yeah, just uh, to see 
we, we have and, and to see. But I'm curious, what was it like growing up as an Irish Catholic? I, I know a little bit through Dennis and my mom has her own Irish roots as well here in, in the Toronto area. Dennis and my mom kind of not together at the same time, not to, again, you know, Yes, Sean's been 100 years in Alberta, and Dennis is the same age as my mom here, and we're you know, going to bug everyone about their age. Uh, but they kind of grew up in the same area. What was it like growing up Catholic or growing up Irish Catholic in Calgary there, Sean? Well, it, that was it, – it's interesting just the whole concept of of that, the Irish Catholic listening to some of the history mm-hmm. uh, and – as a kid, you didn't know any different, right? You just, uh, we have Catholic school systems out here. And yeah, mm-hmm. I just had my 40th high school reunion with a bunch of people a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and like, I've got lots of Italian friends. And so we didn't have necessarily a separate group that we hung, hung out with. Uh, but like my dad, when he started as a police officer, as a, as a Catholic, uh like he tells the story that his sergeant says uh what's your name timothy lynn oh catholic you'll be lucky to make sergeant because (laughs) back then (laughs) you had a very uh a lot of the freemasons were in the upper echelons of of management and and they didn't mix well with the the Irish Catholic. How's that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. I completely understand that. I have a good friend now uh, here in Port Perry uh, who shared he's a retired police officer. And in 1984, he volunteered to do honor guard duty uh, for St. John Paul II's visit to Toronto in 1984, a papal visit. And he was pulled aside and he was told basically, if you go and do the honor guard for the Pope, don't expect to go any higher in the police force. I can't believe that was still happening in 1984. I get it back in the 50s and 60s. Certainly in Toronto, it was the same as Calgary as, as most Canadian cities. But the fact that that was still prevalent, you know, within oh, our it, lifetimes, Robert. It's in, still in prevalent Toronto. in my lifetime. Ah, right? interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to make it a complaint session, but... Right. Uh, yeah, no, that we, let's huh. not go down a road that anyone yeah, wants yeah. to regret uh, there, afterwards. There, there might so. be a... Yeah. Could well, be a reason I'm still a constable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was the faith interwoven into your life then? Uh, well, up and that that's family? where, like, I grew up uh, habitual Catholic almost. I got my sacraments, and and that was done through this with the assistance of the Catholic schools here, mm-hmm. and uh, my parents. Uh, divorced when I was in later in elementary and, and that affected going, going to church for me. I went with my grandma for a little while uh, through my high school, didn't really go to church. And then I met this woman who played guitar in a, uh, in a choir at the church. So that seemed like a good reason to go back. And uh, I ended up marrying her. And (laughs) so we've, Michelle and I were, if you want to call habitual Catholics or, or cafeteria Catholics, like trying to do the right thing without any of the knowledge. Cause unfortunately growing up after Vatican two, a lot of parents thought that the schools would teach the faith to the kids. And there was, there wasn't a lot of the transmission of faith or you get the, 
a lot of misinterpretation of the faith uh growing up so and and there was that stigma like my dad said you don't talk about religion and politics in, well, it sounds in, like my mom saying that to me now was she a cradle catholic uh sean your wife michelle she yeah she was as well she played in the choir you know but uh if and we started having kids fairly young and we got them baptized and tried to go to mass but you know if if it was a beautiful sunny day and Banff was calling that seemed like a maybe a better thing to do that day mm-hmm. and working shift work sometimes yeah it was easy to use that as an excuse because yep. i work a night shift and uh yeah yep yep my wife's night shift yeah i know i know where you're coming from there yeah and but when then, you're talking about that being just a kind of a nominally catholic kind of going through the motions of being a catholic but not really knowing what's going on uh I'm blessed right now. It's the first time I'm helping teach the RCIA program at my own parish. And as I'm going through it, I'm thinking every Catholic needs to go through the RCIA program because most of us, myself included, kind of growing up and a little bit wayward through those formative years. And then in early adulthood, just kind of like you said, going through the motions, knowing you go to the sacraments, get your children baptized, you go to Mass on Sunday, but you really don't know what's involved in all of that. And that's where people at work challenged me. Like I got a ride with a Baptist uh, when I was in classes and, and uh, you guys worship Mary. No, we don't. But, and my wife was part of a mothers who care group uh, at a Catholic school, but she was the only Catholic and they were, so you were forced to start looking at some of this and also being a police officer on the street because there's a whole lot of stuff you deal with and you start trying to figure out what the world, like, what am I going to teach my kids? Uh, Cause you see so much stuff, what, what's right and wrong. Uh, and so those challenges coupled with, I got partnered with uh, Jim Amsing down in one district who was uh, Dutch reform but he was searching as well. And, and my wife and I were uh, being awakened at the, at the same time, uh, listening to Scott Hahn tapes and Steve Wood tapes and Jeff Caven for the kids out there. A cassette tape is something that we used to listen to. Good old cassettes, eh? Now, now, Sean, so this wouldn't have been like a St. Paul type moment. You said like it was a gradual thing where you started getting interested in your faith and just started learning more about your faith and listening to people you knew or people had introduced you to and said, yeah, why don't you listen to this type of thing? So that kind of, and that brings you to where your own. Well, type of- yeah. And, and you're challenged to find things in the Bible. And, and what was amazing was, because being a Catholic and you're going to Mass, even on a semi-regular basis, we are steeped in the Bible and people don't even know it. Then, right. So you, they they challenge you and you go, well, that doesn't sound right. I, I know I read something like this in the Bible and and God gave me the, the graces to find it, to answer those objections. And, and yes, and then we started searching more and Probably the aha moment was when I went back to confession for the first time 
in who knows how many years and oh, the man. the mm-hmm. little vietnamese priest takes me out on the altar of the church and pray stands up and prays that blessing over me and and something you could feel something happening there like it was that the spirit the forgiveness the there was it was incredible. It's hard to describe exactly what happened there. Uh, then M- Michelle and I, That's nice. uh, shortly after, renewed our wedding vows uh, for our 10th anniversary and went away for a couple of days and listened to all these tapes and, and started, we've got to share this. So we started bringing in uh, the St. Joseph tapes because that's who had the Scott Hahn tapes and everything and selling them and started up a, a mobile Catholic bookstore called Catholic corner. So, in Cal in, in and around where you in, live in, in and around Calgary. So okay. then we started going to uh, lots of different parishes and, and reading all these books and because we wanted to make sure we were giving Orthodox Catholic Middle so of you've the road. been doing this for around 25 years. If you said about 10th anniversary, just shortly after there, you've been. Yeah. yeah we, uh, that's when, that's when the light switch went on as it were. Right. Right. If you were to do the math there, Dennis would be 28 years. The God squad. Obviously God squad this ministry, came, yeah. this came a little bit later. Did it not? Well, yes, yes. And no, at the same time, uh, we were uh, meeting with Jim Amsing, my partner, his old partner, Dave Witte, and and uh, one of the guys I worked with, Gerard. And we started praying on the first Friday of every month, the scriptural rosary for families, especially policemen's families. And I, at the same time, went up and went to the very first family life conference in the Edmonton area and met Steve Wood, who had challenged a lot of men. His his tapes were extremely challenging, and, and listening to him as a result of that and some medical miracles, uh, Michelle and I had a vasectomy after our first three children. And eight years later, the government paid for the reversal due to some prostate issues as a young man and the first time I met Steve Wood we were pregnant with our fourth child and it's her birthday on Saturday and uh, so uh, and Steve Wood was just starting up St. Joseph's Covenant Keepers so we started bringing in material for him for doing conferences and Edmonton hosted a men's conference St. Joseph's Covenant Keepers and then I announced that we're going to do the next one Steve really liked the fact that it was four policemen uh, putting it on, and he had invited us down to EWTN to do shows. But that first conference that we did, Mark Shea wrote an article and coined us the God Squad, and mm. and it stuck, and so we've we've ran with that ever since. So, you know, I was kind of wondering where the name came the from. So that's, came. that's that's pretty cool. That's cool. So uh, you do the the conference, right? And it's you're trying to get back to the yearly conference now. We never left. Okay, so even through we're, the we're not quitters here in Alberta. Okay, <laughs> just so you know, you're a little bit tougher than us out here in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, 
Granted, yep. we did two virtual conferences. So we try to do them around the Feast of St. Joseph every year, March okay. 19th. And we were we were planning a live conference still on March 10th, and then the world shut down. That's right. And mm-hmm. within seven days, we changed and had a virtual conference. It wasn't as good and as the next one, but uh, we we did one. And then the following year uh, was the year of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And everything was still locked down quite a bit, but we were able to get Bishop Scott to say mass on the feast of St. Joseph at St. Joseph's oratory in the year of St. Joseph, uh, which was incredible to kick off our virtual conference. And then him and Andre did talks from St. Joseph's oratory for us the following day. Yeah. And the virtual conferences were truly were a blessing through all of that as well. Uh, I know my wife and I uh, sat down. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't know about God Squad at the time. Otherwise, I would have probably been tapped into those ones as well. But uh, it's only been in the last uh, six months, eight months that uh, I've tapped into God Squad. But my wife and I would sit for hours on end and watch talk after talk after talk. Uh, from these video conferences, but again, most of them are coming out of the States. So again, such a blessing that you're now also providing with some great Canadian Catholic content as well, which I I think is is really, really important. Also too, that it's directed towards the men now, and it's not just the conferences that you do, but you, you, the God squad has other different facets to its ministry as well. Yes. We've grown over the years to try and, reach men like that's the the overarching thing that we want to do is 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 to be an outreach to to have men feel comfortable to have a serious look at their faith and get right with god and so we in 2011 so i was competing in barbecue competitions back then and we joked about uh barbecue outreach because you were we we were catering our conference every year with the uh, spalumbo sausages which are fantastic uh local made sausages and they've been helping us out for over 20 years they're guys i played football and rugby with in high school and they went on played some cfl football and so we started barbecue outreach because one of our our patrons uh i was telling him about the joke that we were saying at the conference and he wrote a check for a thousand bucks and i took that as a sign from god that uh, we were going to start barbecue outreach and we've fed we've fed thousands upon thousands for the last uh 11 years uh, we've done high school retreats we've done parish picnics we've done men's nights we've done all kinds of stuff uh with that so the way no, to a man is through his stomach, I guess, right, Sean? Really, when you think about that, that's a that's a great thing. Where are our barbecue outreach out here, Robert? Oh, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, it was, but again, I think that's just the the cultural difference between Alberta yeah, and yeah. Southern Ontario is as well, right? But when you're doing this barbecue outreach, it's not just about feeding them physically. It's not just about the 
the sausage that's being served up or the steaks or the ribs or or what have you what else goes into the barbecue ministry as well that well, is the evangelization that's going on yeah and it's it's not the hardcore are you saved brother here's mm-hmm. your sausage you know it's uh it's meant to show men in service to the community as well uh and people are are more open to hear when they're being fed mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and you can right. have the conversations uh just that men in service is a big part of it and and having those conversations quite often we'll ask uh for a couple minutes to say a couple words when we're there we were we were doing the uh alberta school trustees a catholic school trustees luncheon so we got to talk about the importance of reaching out to men through ministry and uh and especially the young men because the young men that's where my heart is uh our world's so confusing for them Uh, one of the ones that we did yearly was a, a pancake breakfast for the youth jail where these young guys are isolated and, and locked up just to reach out and let them know that they're still loved and part of the community. We do a stampede pre- uh, breakfast for them every year. And those are, those are some of the little things. And, and that's where you just let God do the work. Uh, you do what you can. And as Jeff says, give the word and let the Holy spirit confirm it and that's jeff cavins sorry yeah and when you talk about young men too um sean i think one of your questions to all your guests on on a dram with friends which hopefully you'll talk about in a few minutes is what advice would you give to young men so i think that's something maybe that you because you've worked with youth at risk during your your policing is that that's something that's dear to your heart and something that you're still obviously very much focused on i'm a little older and having it's great to get together and support each other. But if your conference is all gray haired guys, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I wish (laughs) I did this versus young guys saying, this is what I'm going to do. Like giving them the tools to tackle life uh, is, is so important. And that's where uh, the importance of mentoring or taking somebody under your wing and just letting them know that God loves them has an amazing plan for them. Uh, even the, I I'm blessed to be able to work in Catholic high schools as a police officer. And quite often I'll tell them, this is something you did. This is not who you are. God has a much bigger plan for you. And they need to hear that message. They need to know that that God does forgive, loves them, no matter where they are. And I tell them the uh, the the old Bob Carlyle song, the saints are the sinners that fall down and get back up again. So uh, just that, oh, start building some resiliency in these, these young men. Yeah, and I think sometimes part of the difficulty is just getting to the young men. Is a, again, like you were saying, if your men's group is just all... all you know, gentlemen with the the gray hair. Yeah. At least some of us still have hair, and, and <laughs> it might be gray, but you know. <laughs> and and that that's hurts. what I was. I was. I we've restarted up our men's breakfast. I was up uh, 
cooking at five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday and just, and we are a little bit older because we need to support each other. And that's where the beauty of having a pint with some friends and, and having a discussion, uh, is, is so helpful. Like, so we need to still have that component. So we're supporting each other because we got to get across the finish line, but encouraging those, those men to, to look around them and just see if there's somebody that they can reach out to in their life. Uh, uh, there was a younger gentleman at uh, the first breakfast. And when I had said that he came up at the end and said, I really appreciate that because that's what I'm looking for is some mentorship because he's a young dad and, and, and they, they want the support too. Yeah. Where are you doing this shot? Is this within secular institutions or is it all within Catholic churches that you say your pancake breakfast and your outreach with barbecues and stuff? Like oh, we, we're, we're... We've done, we've done, well, the youth jail is, mm-hmm. is a okay. secular. Yeah. Uh, we've done uh, secular high schools as well where you're not, you're, it's more that example, right? And, and what is God squad? And, uh, and you're allowed to and, actually go into those places with the name God squad. Cause I don't think that's happened in here, Robert, probably in Ontario, well, but maybe I'm wrong. I do the, the stampede breakfast every year for the police headquarters. Oh. And it's, it's just being present. Right. And on the back yeah. of our trailer, it, it says it's better to smoke in this life than the next. And that always gets people's attention. And, <laughs> it's just having having the conversation being present so you're not hiding your faith if, and if people want to come talk to you about it or question it Great. uh you yeah you're you there Tense. have those conversations yeah but like you said you're not going out and hitting people over the head with the faith no. either it's just no. that being present and yeah, the the name people would where does the name God Squad yes. come from? Or Just I like term. that saying, it's you know better to smoke in this life rather than mm-hmm. the next. As long as people know that you're talking about smoking the beef brisket, right? Then uh, anything else that, else that's going on. And I think also too, like you say, just having the courage to throw out that invitation to other men. And I think sometimes as men, we lack that courage to invite others into our faith life or to talk to to other men about the faith uh, dennis and i do it all the time but we've known each other now for 10 years mm-hmm. right and there's uh, there's just that familiarity and we work within a, a faith environment right from the very beginning but yeah sometimes it's it is Difficult. scary to to reach out and well, again that's... i'm not saying to go stop you know walk down yeah. the street and, and the stranger on the street or anything but those other men that are in our, our lives. Well, and, and that's where, so one of you asked about other outreach. One of the things, uh, that started, I think 2016 was, uh, Jeff Cavins. Uh, I've known for years and years. Uh, we, he had us on his show life on the rock way back in the late nineties there and introduced us. And one of the bucket list things I did was I took, took Michelle, my wife to Israel on one of the Jeff Cavins tours in 2015. And he got talking about motorcycles and mm-hmm. I had just gotten upgraded from my scooter to my, uh, victory vision, uh, victory, 
And, that was the show, uh, The Victory versus the Harley. That was no, one no, of your no, shows. It's, that, not, it's uh, not a Harley. Yeah. yeah. It's not a Harley. Yes. Please let's clarify that. And then, uh, and that's where, so we've done these missionary motorcycle trips for a number of years now. And you get the practice of just talking to people, strangers. Is there something we can pray for you? We're, we're on this missionary motorcycle trip. Uh, uh, we're going to St. Joseph's Oratory. Is there, is there something we can pray for? Or, uh, God loves you and has an amazing plan for you. Like Jeff keeps talking about that and I, uh, with his activated disciple. And, and I think that was partly spawned out of our motorcycle trips where we were talking to people at gas stations, praying over. You mentioned the one woman you were praying over at a gas station. I was just going to, I was just going to ask you to maybe quickly share that story as well. Yeah. So we're, we're at a gas station in Salmon, Idaho, and, and there's eight of us on that trip. And the, the woman comes up asking if we want to buy our motorcycle and well, we've all got our own motorcycle. Uh, but then Jeff asked, well, why are you selling? Right. And then starts talking, opening up that conversation. And then, uh, she's struggling with health issues and, and medical costs. And we've got a priest with us, uh, at that time who offers to pray over and we're standing at the gas pump praying over this woman and just how powerful that is to, to see that witness. And, uh, this past summer, I was on a pre-ride with Jake Kim out of, uh, BC there and just talking to a guy on the side of the road who was divulged that he was a victim of sexual abuse uh, in the military and to please pray for him and, and the others and just allowing people to open up to you is, is quite powerful. So, about like you spoke about the god squad and then you're talking about this both myself and robert watched a couple episodes of, of a dram with friends what was the genesis behind that like when did that start because that seems very it seems like yourself and jeff talking in the minnesota woods that anybody could just kind of sit and watch that it seems very low-key but it's kind of you know you're talking about the faith it's it's important well and that's where so the podcast actually I'm sitting in my pub and uh it was uh I had started building it well maybe never... you can talk to the listeners briefly about your pub because when Rivera said he's in his pub <laughs> I was thinking that you're at a pub but I didn't realize when I was listening it's actually your basement I, I, yeah, I think so De- it, Dennis it, is it, very very ge- very very jealous uh of the pub in your basement there very jealous uh, yes <laughs> if you're ever in Calgary we will make sure to give you uh a guided tour. A tour, so yeah. It, it's not overly big, but uh, so what happened was I had done some components of it, and over uh, the years, uh, it's neat. All the woodwork is actually from the high school bleachers. That uh, so the bar top and everything. Uh, uh, I went to high school there. My boys went to high school there, and I'm the school resource officer at St. Francis High School now. And at when COVID hit, we had always taken our our kids out for their first drink. And here in Alberta, 
you're 18, 18 and you can go for your your first legal drink so our daughter was turning 18 in april april 23rd so and i needed a place to work remotely from so we built that as we were finishing the pub my son who's down in idaho falls said dad you should you should do a show you should do a podcast and i'm thinking and i i'm not a heavy drinker so i would buy a nice bottle for like a kid's wedding or something mm-hmm. and nurse it for mm-hmm. years and years and uh so we had and we there's other liquor that i never we never drank from my daughter's wedding 10 15 years ago so i had a a decent collection already so i started thinking uh, a dram with friends and so it it became my uh and how many years ago was that you said remotely so it was just just this covid hit or was it before yeah just just uh we started the first episode was uh beginning of september uh 2020 so we're we're just in our third season with that. And, uh, cause we still wanted to, to continue to do the outreach and encouragement. And, and the other component of it is I, yes, I wanted to get some more well and well-known names like Jeff Cavins, but I also wanted people like down in the trenches that nobody knows that's, mm-hmm. that's doing the work or, or, uh, just encouraging them too. Cause, uh, we're all in it. We're, we're, we're not all Steve Woods or Jeff Cavins or Scott Hans, and we're not all called to be that. And that's right. We don't have to be a theologian to share the gospel. Yeah. And as our, our good friend, the Catholic Canuck up in, in Edmonton, so not too far away from you always says like, no one has a monopoly on the gospel, right? So the, the gospel just doesn't belong to those big name Catholics that you see on EWTN or, or Salt and Light. But it belongs to to all of us. Like you see, the guys that are in working in the the trenches, and that's been one of the things Dennis and I have done. Um, is yeah, we, we look to hook up with other guys like yourself who are, are podcasting and, and trying to get the word out there. But we also touch base with you know other people that are just living a faithful life and, and need to get out there, and just that importance of of christian fellowship right and that's kind of how how we started it was you know dennis myself a couple of other catholic gentlemen teachers we'd get together at the pub you know once every couple weeks to have a beer and talk about the faith and then as you know that people moved on and and separated ended up just being dennis and i and kicking and screaming he came into the podcast and Robert's idea was like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, a podcast? I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast. Yeah. I can't do a podcast. And sure we are. Almost two years later, Robert has done that with guests, though. He's got, like he says, he's got some yeah. priests and some bigger names, but he's also got just uh, average Catholics doing their bit and stuff like that. And, so and, and I think that's blessing. also, too, kind of what uh, attracted us to, to track you down there, Sean, because I was looking for something on the Heroic Men Network. Uh, for my men's group that I facilitate and a, a dram with friends. That's kind of like the pints and pews. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, not only is, is it similar to it, it's Canadian as well. Like the added bonus here. We see the importance of, of sitting down with friends and having that faith and fellowship. You know, for you, why is it important to sit down and have a dram with a friend once a week? Well, for me, uh, it's it's uh so i was part of one of the first members of a 
peer support team here at the Calgary Police Service. And the importance uh, of peer support for police officers dealing with with the trauma that that we see on a regular basis. Uh, all the studies showed that it was extremely effective, even in some cases more effective than counseling by being able to share with a brother what you're going through and and just inviting people in to see the real lives of of uh some other men like uh i had a a man that struggled with alcoholism on i've got one coming out here right away where the guy talks about being addicted to cocaine Mm uh it's it's we're real people and just know that you're not alone. Uh, on our motorcycle ride this summer, I've said it a couple times, but uh, Father Marius, in his, we did a, we decided this year to do wisdom from the road, just some little short updates. And yeah, I, was, I was listening to those this morning on my commute. So they, awesome. he, he talked about sharing the burdens. Like we, we do a novena to St. Joseph for every major undertaking we've ever done as God squad, whether it's our conference right from the first one to our motorcycle rides. And, and so in that we're asking for what the men want to pray for. And yeah. And people are opening up to their true burdens or what they're struggling with. And, and to share that burden to carry each other's crosses much like uh, Simon of Cyrene, mm-hmm. like from the Passion of the Christ, that one, that was one of the most powerful parts for me was him reluctantly grabbing it. But then after a while, when he sees the suffering of Christ embracing that, so in helping a brother carry the burden and walk side by side is so important and letting men know that they're not alone because that's what the devil tries to do is whisper in their ear you're you're bad you're the one that's you're all alone nobody's going to care about you and we we love each and every one of our guests on our show because we pour them a nice dram of whiskey and (laughs) now when they're i i noticed that they pour them when they're there but when they're not there they also try to have a dram virtually too with you, I guess, on the other side of whatever. Well, yeah, especially when we started in, in COVID, COVID. Uh, we, you weren't having in-person drams. No, or, you weren't, although no. Bishop uh, McGratton came and had one in person. So that oh, he, was our, okay. our first in-person one. So that was, that was awesome to do. And, and yeah, Bishop well, Henry I, I, had a whiskey, I believe too. Right. But he was obviously... Virtual. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's a rye guy, so he. <laughs> I'm looking forward to making a road trip. Uh, yeah, in the next little while, so we can we can check that out. Now, in the dram with friends, you talk about you know it's you're talking about family, food, faith, and fun, and uh, just quickly on family, it's it's come back again and again and again through our conversation today. I mean. I think all three of us would say, where would we be without our wives? Where would we be without our wives? Uh, Just the blessing that they are and the support that they give us and the support that they give for the the ministries. I mean, I don't know if I would have the courage to ask my wife to do this on our wedding anniversary. So all the power to you there, Sean. Again, I just, I keep shaking my head on that one. 
Michelle is a saint and and very very understanding. understanding well, sure. we're we're journeying together. The the two were one, and uh, there's no way I could do what I do if I didn't have the family I do. Uh, and again, I think both Dennis and I Absolutely. can concur, and uh, we would say the same thing about our own families. For sure, and the, and, and the support and the the prayers that go along, and like you say, just journeying along with that woman who is made to compliment you and as the two made one. Now you also talk about faith and we've been talking about faith all through the mm-hmm. show, food and fun. So with food, food mm-hmm. and, you, and you were talking about the barbecue ministry. So when it comes to food, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what meat is being thrown on the grill first? It depends you, on the day. Like, it, uh, no, if you had to, if you had your first pick, well, if I had my first pick, I don't forget I'm one income and eight kids. I'd I'd be I'd be eating steak a lot. We're having some steak tonight, uh, nice. but uh, the kids the kids love it when I do a brisket. Nobody I've never had one complaint about my brisket, oh, <laughs> uh, especially when you got the it over top of the beans in the smoker and the fats dripping in there and the. I got to do a brisket. I first of all, I got to get a smoker, Sean, and then I got to do a brisket because I've got the barbecue, but I don't have the brisket nor the smoker. Robert, do you have a smoker? No, I don't have a smoker. But, a smoker. but I'm going to throw a, a wrench into Sean's barbecue here because with my Portuguese wife, um, every once in a while, it's been been a few years now, but every once in a while, we throw a whole uh, slate of sardines on the grill. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that sounds really tasty. They're, too. they're good. I mean, your neighbors don't like you when you've got sardines going on the grill. And then also after that, everything you put on the grill for about a month and a half tastes like sardines. That that doesn't sound good. Well, I'll have to get some recipes for you. I've competed in chili cook-offs. So for a couple of years, I represented the police service against the fire department at the Stampede and the dueling chefs. Uh, So I beat them with my chili. Uh, I beat them with my ribs. So you had to mention food, eh, Robert? You know, but I think there's one burning <laughs> yes, question that Robert has been dying to ask you for a couple yeah. of weeks now, ever since he's watched your show. And I'm kind of tr- intrigued a little bit, Robert. What's that question you wanted to ask, Sean? What's up with the black ice cubes? What is, <laughs> are they real or what? Because that the, seems really weird. They're, they're, they're stones. So that, uh, that was, uh, Sean Blair was coming to do some uh, film the intro for me, and he thought it would be good to pour it over some ice cubes. So I had the black stones uh, that were in the freezer. And traditionally, I just have mine straight, uh, but uh, it they're they're nice if you want to cool down your drink without watering it down. So. So, gotcha. So you, you, you freeze the stones and you use them like ice cubes, but they're not melting and adding water. Yeah. That's genius. That is genius. But they look like a the shape of a cube. They were so like they're, they're almost shaped like cubes, aren't they? Yeah. Not. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. They were. You've just there blown you our minds. Yeah, that was. <laughs> just that was really weird to see that, but I'm yeah. glad you cleared that up. And so, and just one last thing as we're we're finishing up, you were talking about the wisdom uh, on the road, the the little segments. There were about three four minute segments that you were doing when you guys were out on the bikes, and you did one on your last ride. Uh, commenting about how down in the states that they don't have any helmet laws and the guys are out there without helmets and but you know understandably so we all want to protect the melon you all want to get the 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 helmet on but you also 
made the comment about um, what the helmet does to your hair. Not that Dennis would have to worry about that if he had a helmet on. <laughs> but what the uh, my, my hair is fairly short, so I uh, I keep it. Uh, it it doesn't doesn't affect mine too too badly. But uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you were, you were making the comment about that and about how a lot of bikers uh, like to wear a ball cap to to help out with the helmet head. So uh, just as we're finishing up, uh, you know, once we get off air, I'm going to need to get your mailing address so we can get you one of uh, these official pints and pews ball cap. That's for you, awesome. For you to, to put on when you don't, when you don't have that. the helmet on. I can that see him on his awesome. victory. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, don't give them to Harley riders, just the no, victory riders. No, no, for, none for Jeff Cavins, unless he comes on the show and we have to give him one, right, Robert? That's our little... There we go. But yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, it's our, our little gift to, to our guests. And uh, I mean, what a true blessing it, it has been to have you here with us today, so Sean. Fun. Well, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, that somebody is blessed by this show and I've helped you guys with your your ministry and i i encourage the men from ontario to to tune in to heroic men uh with the calgary or sorry the catholic men's leadership alliance uh we're looking for leaders especially in ontario and whether you're a diocesan leader or a parish leader we're just trying to create that network so that we can support each other uh, Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance is not trying to tell you to do this program or that program, but what do you need to succeed in your program? And what what are the best practices? Is, is basically what we're trying to create is a best practices for ministry to men versus men's ministry. Uh, we're trying to minister to the man, whereas if we can turn the hearts of the men then to their families and to God, then that will turn the church around, which will turn the culture around. Fantastic stuff. Awesome. And I know I'll definitely be in touch because uh, I'm involved in men's ministry. And as you say, now we'll look to turn it to ministry to men within my own parish. Uh, so not just myself to get in touch with you, but so where would people find God Squad, or how could they get in touch with God Squad at a dram with friends uh, or the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance? Where would they they look to to get that information? So you can go to uh, godsquad.ca and you'll find a dram with friends on there. It's also on all your favorite podcast platforms, YouTube, Rumble, uh, and heroicmen.com. So heroic men is an an app that you can have on your phone or go online and it's if you're familiar with formed it's it's like formed for men so there's it's got tons of great programming on there mm -hmm. and you were talking about sharing the face so i've started my men's group and we're looking we're doing the search and i i highly recommend that program they've got into the breach they've got capon's men there's access to a lot of material they also have a dram with friends on there and then catholic men's leadership alliance i don't have the the tag right off i think it's catholic men's leaders.com or dot org dot org but if you search it you'll find it and we're just trying to identify leaders in 
every diocese in Canada is what my role is. And God Squad, we're trying to support that and and build it out from Calgary here and across Canada and support whatever we can do uh, to bring men back to Christ. And we go to St. Joseph, our buddy in the back there. Behind you. Uh, you guys can't see him uh, on on the radio, but uh, St. Joseph's a big part of, of our, our ministry. And we're hoping in the next year to unveil the litany of St. Joseph in song, like a beautiful masterpiece, like a Mozart piece kind of thing, where hopefully we'll share it with the church and have men praying the litany to St. Joseph. What a true blessing that will be. And I'll definitely look that up for the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. I'll get all of uh, these websites into the show notes for our listeners. Like I say, it's been a a true blessing, Shonda, to have you on. Hopefully, Dennis, I'm also speaking on your behalf when I say that. Absolutely. But I've got one problem, Robert. I looked at your glass and my glass, and of course, it's almost done. But but Sean being a whiskey drinker... (laughs) He still got. I know how to nurse it. He knows how to nurse it. And he's doing a lot of the talking. Thank God, because it was such an interesting uh, podcast. Now, Sean's got much bigger things he needs to get to. Uh, There's some stakes that are on the go. His lovely bride of 38 years is waiting for him. So, again, Sean, thank you so very much, and may God continue to bless your ministry. Thank Thank you, you, Sean, and a happy anniversary to Michelle. Wow, Robert, another great episode, another great guest. How do you do it? How do you find these guests? I just look to do my own faith formation. I'm just out there a lot of times looking for something that's going to feed my soul. And I start listening to someone like Sean. Mm -hmm. Like I said during the podcast, uh, I was on Heroic Men app looking for something for my men's group, for videos to show to, to the men in my parish. And I found this jam with friends. So oh, that's kind of like what we do on Pints and Pews. Let's check this out. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. He's Canadian to boot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to get this guy on the show. Mm-hmm. Right. He that that, that like, was my thought process. He reminds me a bit of Santa Claus in a way, doesn't he? And if you get a chance, he does. If you get a chance to watch his jam with friends, if our listeners are are able to watch it, it's a great show. And he puts, uh, he's just so... Uh, I don't know, just very chill and relaxed and, and is he easy to talk about the faith with, that's for sure. And it's 20, 40 minutes. Some of them, they range between about 20, 40 minutes, his episodes. Yeah, I think the longest one was close to an hour, but yeah, never okay. over an hour. And he's got some fantastic guests yeah, on there as well. Really and like you say, he's got some big names like Jimmy Aiken and Jeff Cavins. Yes. But most of his guests are just everyday guys living the faith uh, in a way that's authentic, in a way that's out there, mm-hmm. in a way that draws others into right, the Catholic right. faith, right? Which yeah. uh, we can only aspire to. I know. And the fact he does all that while well, he's got a full-time job, boy, he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Like I said, I couldn't believe it. When he sent me his bio and I looked, I yeah. didn't even get into, he does, uh, he's coached sports, eight kids, 14 grandkids, mm-hmm. uh, wife, yes. a full-time job. Uh, plus God's his squad, ministry work I'm with friends, but the bike tours that he does on his victory. Yeah. I don't know where he finds the 50 hour days to do all of this, I but I, uh, I can't figure that uh, out. But that a was tr- enjoyable. a true blessing, a true blessing yeah, for the for vineyard sure. of the Lord, um, doing great work for, for the kingdom. 
like you said, he was doing most of the talking. He really seemed to enjoy the 88 Vietnamese coffee stout. Yeah. And like I said, I love a, a good full coffee stout as well. Not like quite their weatherways yet. but I love uh, a stout full full stop. doesn't have to be coffee. It could be a milk chocolate stout. Remember the Brock Street Brewery had a milk chocolate stout? That was, that was really good. I've had one or two mm-hmm. stouts in the past year that I really wasn't keen on. But they just had a, a funky <laughs> little flavor going on. But, you know, I, I usually enjoy the stout. I enjoy a nice dry stout uh, as well. I really enjoyed my Legion Lager from the Whitewater Brewing Company out of the Ottawa Valley, proudly brewed by friends, four friends, uh, in partnership with the Royal Canadian Legion. Nice. And again, I know this is the episode will come out a few days after Remembrance Day, um, but we can still continue to to pray for all those men, women, and in some cases, boys and girls that have uh, put their lives on the line, that have lost their mm-hmm. lives, uh, that we can be blessed to to live where we do. Yeah, over, what, 60,000 men in the First World War and at least 40,000 men in the Second World War sacrificed for our freedom. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So how was your Hofbräu, your your Hofbräu? Hofbräu, Hofbräu. Um, I don't know, but I want to go visit that building in Bavaria, in Munich, because that was absolutely, I love that. That was a great beer. I'm going to get on, that On again. the Mer- Marienplatz, on the, the main square in Munich. Uh, again, Munich's just a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And if you're only through for a few days, yeah, sure. You have to go visit the Hofbra house. It, it's for sure. Done up for the tourists. And but we're in Catholic. You have, to, you have Catholic, to go see it. Are we in, we're in Catholic tor- territory here. Are we not oh, in Bavaria? hundred percent. hundred percent. And if you're going to be there, well, uh, I'll give you the, the names of a few uh, monasteries to go and visit. Uh, but you always visit the church first and then the beer hall that's attached to the monastery afterwards. Yes, not vice versa. And that's a, that's a whole other podcast, sir. <laughs> As you said, so there, Dennis, uh, you know, our guest, he was doing all the talking and, you know, that he's used to the whiskey, he did nurse his uh, coffee stout there. But uh, the time really has flown by and my hourglass is now empty. Yes, and mine too. And it's been a pleasure, Robert, both the pint and the conversation. And like we were just saying, especially the pint was really nice. And it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith, especially with somebody like Sean. Very true. Very true. And just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line either there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, Dennis, can you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton? In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. <laughs>